You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Breaking news, breaking news. I'm giving you the breaking news, so I got on my breaking news shoes. And we'll get started right now. Biggest news of the day, Josh Gordon. He is reinstated, finally. It's been years. And uh, he's going to be joining the Seahawks. The, the issue is he's going to be missing some time because of the, the suspension and the uh, discipline from the league. So he won't be available to like fifth, week 15 or 16 or so. So really that's going to put him out of contention to make a difference for your fantasy team. But that might be a good thing because it's probably saving a lot of people. Because uh, I'm sure everyone's thinking he's going to be the Josh Gordon that we saw like seven years ago. Well, that's not the same Josh Gordon. And even when he came back with the Patriots... He just uh, wasn't the same guy, wasn't the explosive receiver that we remember. He can still be productive, but I, I think you're looking at a situation similar to the Antonio Brown. He's going to get his feet wet. He's going to get some targets. He's not going to be that productive. So that's fine. The other news of the day is Tua Tagovailoa, his thumb, still injured. They're not sure if he's going to be ready for the game. It's pointing or trending that he's not going to be ready. But uh, they're leaving the door open. They're going to give it a couple more practices, and we'll see. I, for one, I think that Tua Tagovailoa is not going to play. And that'd be a great thing because I really like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Tua Tagovailoa as well. But I I don't know. Against the Bengals, they both are are good matchup so but uh, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick more just because he's a veteran guy he uses Devontae Parker Mike Kosicki a little bit better and so uh, if Fitzpatrick does play make sure you have Ryan Fitzpatrick in your lineup um, the other news of the day outside of that is Carlos Hyde didn't didn't practice he has that toe injury so Chris Carson looks like he's ready to go and I'm starting Chris Carson regardless of his matchup He's just a workhorse back. He does everything, and I don't care who he's playing. And um, I don't think that, uh, you know, Travis Homer or DJ Dallas, those type of guys are going to take away from his his usage. And it's against the Giants, so if it was me, I'd probably not play Chris Carson and make sure he uh, heals up and is 100% for the, uh, the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, in the NFL, they play it week to week, and if he's available, they're going to want to play him. So there you go on that. Cam Newton, he has been injured. He has an abdomen injury. Uh, A lot of jokes about whether that was just a fabricated abdomen injury so they can put uh, Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer out there. But uh, if that's the case, I'm liking the defense uh, on this one uh, because everyone's seen Jarrett Stidham play. Everyone's seen Brian Hoyer play. And even though the Chargers have been decimated by injury, they can still probably get a lot of points if Cam Newton's not going to be in this one. So it's definitely something to monitor and look out for. 
Um, but I think Cam Newton ends up playing. But Dupree, it's confirmed he has a torn ACL. So it's, you know, sucks for the Steelers' defense. It's, uh, they, they were kind of struggling. And now without him, I think they'll struggle even more. So if you have the Steelers' defense and you're counting on them, uh, you're probably pretty confident early on in the season. But losing Devin Bush and Bud Dupree for the season, and uh, that's really going to affect the defense and their ability to stop people from going down the field. No Snagalar. He missed another practice. So this might be the Henry Rugg show against the Jets. You never know. I'm, I'm, uh, there might be a Henry Rugg sighting, and I'm, I'm here for it. I want to see that happen. I think he's a good play. Everyone's a good play. But uh, it's scary just because everyone had a good play last week, and you saw how bad the Raiders played. So uh, Derek Carr... You have a great matchup. You should dominate, but I don't trust you. I'm, I, I see your matchup, and uh, I have PTSD of the Atlanta Falcons game last week. I'm, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. But uh, if no Snagalar doesn't play, that really boosts the stock of Hunter Renfro. We might have a Brian Edwards sighting, Zay Jones sighting, but uh, Henry Ruggs is the guy that uh, I think gets the biggest boost. So... Zach Ertz was limited. This is big news because if Dal Goddard's available, you're playing him if Ertz doesn't play. But if Ertz is coming back, it's scary on Goddard, but then it's also kind of scary on Ertz because Ertz hasn't been productive. But maybe his ankle was such a big deal that uh, now that he shut it down, he'll come back and actually get some separation and, and be a, a threat again. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um... What else? Kyler Murray was a full participant. He's going to play. I mean, you don't have to worry about it, but it's, it's good to see that he's practicing. And Joe Burrow had a successful surgery on his knee and should be ready to go by the beginning of next year. That's a good sign. The Bengals really need him. They have a future quarterback if they don't ruin him. Uh, even though, you know, we've talked about it in pre, uh, previous podcasts, how the Bengals like to ruin nice things. And uh, the Bengals are a team that can't have nice things. But uh, Joe Burrow is a nice thing, and they need to handle him with care. So hopefully he uh, doesn't have any setbacks. Um, DeAndre Swift is uh, didn't practice on Thursday, still working through a concussion. Kind of worried about the guy, you know. He, he missed last week. They said he should be good to go this week. He's still kind of struggling. Uh, this isn't a good sign for DeAndre Swift. So if, if that's the case, you, you're going to be looking at more of Adrian Peterson and Kerryon Johnson. And uh, hopefully DeAndre Swift gets back soon because he was fun to watch. And uh, I expect more great games from him. Matthew Stafford was limited. Uh, he's going to play. I'm not worried about it. A.J. Brown didn't practice. Now, we definitely need to monitor this because, well, A.J. Brown and Janu Smith, they both were out. So I really like the matchup here against the Cleveland Browns at Tennessee. But you've got to wonder if you really like the Ryan Tannehill play in this one if Janu Smith and A.J. Brown are both out. That, that really is going to leave it to Adam Humphreys, who's supposed to come back from injury, which would be a great thing, and Corey Davis, who has proven time and again when he's the only wide receiver to, uh, that you need to cover, he can't get open. So he does better when A.J. Brown is actually in there. 
So it makes me kind of nervous. You got to monitor the situations on both players because they both have really great matchups. Janu Smith, you know, he's been really quiet, hasn't been targeted. So if he's able to play this week, I expect the opposite. I think he'll get a lot of targets to kind of make up for last week. And then Mitchell Trubisky's going to start. We've already talked about that. Um, that's actually good news for that Bears offense. I, they'll be a little bit more effective. And uh, at least maybe they'll get the ball to Allen Robinson because that's really all fantasy owners really care about at this point with that Bears offense. It's a good matchup for David Montgomery, though, so you can see a lot of David Montgomery in this game as well. And uh, limited, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, that's their two best receivers. So if they're both limited, it's uh, they're, they're playing Seattle, which is a monster matchup. Seattle's the worst at defending the wide receiver position. But you got to know if Shepard or uh, Slayton are going to play. <laughs> and that's the first step. First step is seeing if they're going to play. And if they do play, great. It's a great matchup. But uh, you're still going to have it in the back of, the, of your mind that you're a little bit nervous because... You're not sure if, you know, are they healthy enough that the injury's not going to bother them? Who knows? But Shepard's dealing with a toe and a shoulder, and Darius Slayton's dealing with a shoulder and a foot. So basically the same type of injury on both of them. And uh, Dalvin Cook was limited for a second day in a row. I'm not really worried about it. I think uh, it's one of those things where they're just trying to give him some maintenance. Uh, I don't doubt that he's hurt, but I think, you know, Game day, he's going to be out there. But uh, you should monitor that for sure because then Alexander Madison becomes a, a play again. And we don't want to go through that Alexander Madison roller coaster again of expecting great things and getting a dud. Uh, Debo Samuel was held out of practice, but they said it was just uh, a precaution, so he should be available for the game. And I just got to tell you, I really like Debo Samuel. I like him in every week just because of the way they use him as a kind of a running back type play. And, uh, yeah, uh, DJ Chark remained limited. Disappointing. I, DJ Chark has a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous matchup. And he needs to be played. But the issue is, is he going to be played? It's against the Vikings. Vikings give up a lot of points. And if he doesn't play, are you going to, bank on like Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, LaVishka Chenault to kind of pick up the slack. Um, Keelan Cole would be my bet, obviously, on that, but um, I mean, Colin Johnson's getting more play than, than normal. It just, they really need DJ Chark because I think DJ Chark could have a monster game if he's out there playing in this one. And then, um, outside of that, Josh Allen was on the injury report, but he's playing he's gonna be fine Philip Lindsay was limited didn't practice I don't expect him to play and if he doesn't Melvin Gordon's a great play if he does uh, if Philip Lindsay does play I don't know if I like either of them uh, just it, it's tough with this Denver Bronco offense to get production and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't participate. Uh, he was sick, so hopefully it's not a COVID thing and it's an illness thing, well, something to monitor, because that definitely jumps up Darrell Williams and Le'Veon Bell. And uh, that is really about it. So that's it for the news. 
Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview. Starting now. The very first Sunday afternoon game we'll be previewing is the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks were favored by about 8.5 points and went all the way up to 10 with looking like Daniel Jones isn't going to play. Colt McCoy is going to be there. And I don't care. New, York, New York's going all the way to Seattle, across the country, playing with the backup quarterback. I am going with Seattle. I'm giving away the 10 points. I don't like to do that very often, but in this case, I am. The over-under is 48.5, and with a backup quarterback for the Giants, I am going with the under. I think Seattle Seahawks can score 48 points, but I don't think the Giants can. So that's my thinking on that and my logic. So take Seattle, give up the 10 points, and then take the under. Starting, you're starting Colt McCoy. Believe it or not. Now, I don't know anyone that is brave enough or has the balls to be starting Colt McCoy in a pivotal game because, you know, this is either the last week of the season or getting close to the last week. And anyone that has confidence in Colt McCoy enough that they're going to start him, send a screenshot, do something, because I want to see it. I don't think anyone would be brave enough, uh, even though, again, the matchup is, is a good matchup. Especially with how bad he looked last week. Um, Deion Lewis, I think actually he's a pretty good start. The Seahawks give up a lot of passing yards to the running back position, and Deion Lewis is the better pass-catching running back of the uh, between him and uh, Wayne Gallman. So. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, you can start both of them. If Colt McCoy can get them the ball, that's going to be the issue. But... Uh, they have good matchups, and Evan Ingram, same type of thing. Good matchup, you can start Evan Ingram. I'm sitting Wayne Gallman, like I said, but uh, that's really it. And I feel icky saying that because I don't believe in Colt McCoy, so I think it's going to take down all the other players, um, so I don't think they'll do as well. But matchup-wise, they, they have good matchups. Seattle... Russell Wilson, he doesn't have a good matchup. Giants do well against opposing quarterbacks, but you're not benching Russell Wilson. Chris Carson, love him. This, uh, love him. I love, love him a lot in this one. Uh, I think you can start him. Receiving, running, it doesn't matter. I think he'll have a great game against the Giants and needs to be started. And then Tyler Lockett. I think James Bradbury is going to be on DK Metcalf the whole game. So that's going to make Tyler Lockett have a huge game. And it seems like every time fan base or the media uh, talks about, you know, between him and Metcalf, one fading, then that's when they have a blow-up game, and then the other one starts to fade. Uh, so Tyler Lockett, I really like him. I think he'll have a big game. I think he'll be the guy. DK Metcalf, unfortunately, is a bench because he will be the guy on James Bradbury. He's a good cornerback, 
And as much as I love DK Metcalf, I just think this will be a game that he uh, disappears uh, for a big portion of it. David Moore, don't like him in this. And then, uh, yeah, I never mentioned Jacob Hollister in the uh, at, at the tight end position. And I just don't like Jacob Hollister in this. This is a, a bad matchup for him. And that's doubly true for Will Disley. So we'll see how it goes. And, uh, I mean, this game should be easy for Seattle. A backup quarterback traveling across the country. And we'll, we'll see if it, uh, that's the way it transpires. Now, this is an NFC West matchup. These are always pretty close games. Low scoring for the most part. These two teams know each other really well anytime they play. It's the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams are favored by a single point, and I'll take that. I actually think the Rams will win. It's almost like a, just a toss-up. I think the Rams win. The over-under is 49 points, and I just think that's really high. 49 points for an NFC West game? I mean, we saw the Seahawks and Cardinals, and we're expecting a high-scoring game, and it was not that. I, I see the same type of thing. And the Rams' defense is way better than Seattle, so... I don't know where they're getting the 49 from. So I'm taking the under on that. Kenyon Drake, you're starting him as a receiver. Uh, I don't mean as a receiver, but the Rams give up yards to the running back uh, who, you know, gets the ball out of the backfield. So I think uh, that's what you can look forward to. So, yes, you're benching Chase Edmonds because Kenyon Drake's going to get those targets through the air. Um man and that's really it i'm starting Kenyon drake on the cardinals and i don't like anyone else kyler murray i don't like him at all i think he's a bench aaron donald's is going to be in the backfield the whole game and really make his life uncomfortable so unless kyler murray's able to run the ball all over uh, over town uh, i don't see an issue with uh, the rams being able to contain him having said that uh, deandre hopkins I know you don't bench DeAndre Hopkins, but he's not going to have a good game. Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, if Larry Fitzgerald comes back from the COVID list. Just not good matchups all the way around. I, I don't like the Cardinals in this at all. Um, Rams, Cam Akers, you're starting him. I think he's going to be the guy that gets the bulk of the carries. And Cardinals give up a lot of yards to the running running back, but uh, not so much to the pass-catching running back. So I have, like, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown. They're all on my bench. And then, uh, like, Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, they're on my bench. They don't. Uh, the Cardinals don't give up a lot of yards to the tight end. But uh, they do, however, to the receivers. So uh, Josh Reynolds, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, I have them all starting. I actually think Cooper Cup's going to be the, the better play here. He's the one that you really want to target, but... Uh, I, I think all three of them can have decent games in this one. So it'll be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it, but definitely more of a defensive battle than what the uh, over-under is trying to uh, say. This next game is the New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers, and I don't have much to say about this game. Chargers are favored by a point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the Chargers will win. I don't think they'll find a way to lose like they are so prone to doing this year, uh, just because New England Patriots kind of in a rut. Um, Cam Newton, he's has that abdomen injury that's holding him out of practice. 
We'll see if that's significant enough to hold him out. But I don't think it is. I think he goes in there and plays. And if that's the case, you're, you're starting Cam Newton in this one. He has a good matchup here. So you, you, you play him. I think he, you know, running-wise, throwing the ball, all things are on the table for Cam Newton in this one. Uh, Damian Harris, um, definitely starting Damian Harris as well. This is going to be kind of a ground-and-pound effort. So start Damian Harris. And then Ryan Izzo, Chargers can't stop the tight end. Ryan Izzo's the tight end. So I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, if you don't pick up Ryan Izzo and play him because of this matchup. So uh, it's just the, the Patriots don't use their tight ends very much. And it's probably because they don't have really talented ones right now. The I'm benching everyone else, though. James White, Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird. Just uh, this isn't a good matchup for the Patriots in that regard. Uh, they're not going to get a lot of stuff through the air, so I really think it's going to be kind of a ground and pound where, you know, Cam Newton might get some rushing touchdowns. You think Damian Harris will, but maybe Sony Michelle will vulture some of those. Maybe James White will, like last week. But uh, regardless, it's uh, I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game in this one. For the Chargers, Austin Eckler, you're starting him. Austin Eckler has a okay matchup. It's not great, but with the volume he gets receiving and running the ball, Justin Herbert relies on him. I'm putting him in there. I, I think he's going to have a really good game. And then Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I just think there's room for both of them to have pretty good games. So I'd throw them both in there. Keenan Allen's going to be on, uh, well, Stephon Gilmore will probably be on Keenan Allen. So kind of temper your expectations on Keenan Allen, but... Uh, you know, you can't, you can't, especially in today's NFL, guard him every single play. So I think Keenan Allen will definitely at least maybe score a touchdown, get about 40, 50 yards. We'll see. It's a matchup worth watching. I'm sitting Justin Herbert. Sorry. It's, you know, it's not a good matchup. Justin Herbert is human. He's a rookie. I think next year he's going to go in and going to be a guy that you never bench and you play him regardless of the matchup. But we're not there yet. We're not there at all, actually, so I still, uh, I would still go with Justin Herbert. Uh, or I would sit Justin Herbert, sorry. Hunter Henry, sorry, Hunter Henry. You had a good matchup last week, and you dropped like two or three balls, and this is not a good matchup, so I wouldn't dip into that well. He needs to be on your bench. And the, the over-under, I never really got to that. The over or the over-under is 48.5. I definitely think it's going to be under that. I think it's going to be way under that. It's going to be more of a kind of a slog fest where there's more rushing than passing. And it's going to make the clock go pretty fast. And it's going to create low scoring on both sides. So that's how I see it. We'll see if it transpires that way. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I don't sound too excited talking about this game. And that's because it doesn't excite me. And I love Justin Herbert. I love what he can do. I think he's one of the more exciting quarterbacks that uh, we're going to be watching next year. But, uh, yeah, this game just it, it doesn't do it for me. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. This is the last Sunday afternoon game. The Packers are favored by seven. I kind of agree with that for sure, with, with how bad the Eagles offense is looking. 
I'm going with the Packers and giving up the seven points. The over-under is 46.5. I'm taking the under. I've been taking the under a lot this week. I just really feel like there's a lot of matchups that are creating low-scoring games. And uh, and this one is one of them. It'll be below 46.5. Starting Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have a good matchup in this one. Eagles do well against quarterbacks, but I'm not doubting Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he just threw for four touchdowns against the Chicago Bears offense. So he's he's a play. Aaron Jones, it's an average play. I mean, Eagles are, I don't know, they're, they're ho-hum stopping the run. Aaron Jones is that running back. He's a decent running back, so I'm still throwing him in there and playing him. The um, Devonta Adams, I'm playing him as well. I It's not a, a great matchup, but it's Devonta Adams, and he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. <laughs> Sitting-wise, Jamal Williams, he's been been getting a lot of run because he scored that touchdown last week and was taking up some some of the shares of Aaron Jones. But I don't like him in this game. I don't think it transpires or, get, you know, the game flow is going to go where he's going to get that many opportunities. And then Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they're on my bench. I don't think they have good matchups. And Robert Tanyan, uh, Robert Tanyan should be on the bench. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to throw it somewhere, so obviously Adams. Maybe Robert Tanyan's that other guy. It's kind of on the fence, but he doesn't have a good matchup here. I just am kind of believing in Aaron Rodgers' talent that maybe Tanyan can produce. So it's really it's your discretion. If you want to, you know, if you have a playoff spot clinched, you might want to take the risk and roll the die on him. Uh, but if you're, you're not, then uh, he, he might be too risky of a play for you. Um, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz, he's a sit, of course. Uh, but that's the thing. He's he's like a Brett Favre. He's the opposite of Brett Favre back in the day. Back in the day, Brett Favre was like a really amazing quarterback, but fantasy football-wise, just horrible. I guess Roethlisberger can fall in there, too, on, on, on some of the seasons he's had. But uh, regardless... Carson Wentz is the opposite. Like, he looks bad. You think he had a really bad game. Then you look at his stats, and you're like, wow, he scored, like, 26 fantasy football points. That's, like, you know, top 12. And uh, he's a top 12 quarterback. It's just, it's crazy. That means, you'd, you know, he should be started on on one, you know, somebody's team uh, in your fantasy football league. But in this instance, you need to bench him. I don't like the matchup. Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, bench them all. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, don't like it. And the the Packers aren't a great defense, um, but I just don't trust the Eagles' offense. And, again, it's close to playoff time. I'm not throwing these guys out there expecting production. Miles Sanders I would start just because of how bad the Packers are at uh, stopping the rush. Problem is... You know, is it going to be Boston Scott? Is it going to be Corey Clement? Um, I don't know, but uh, the matchup's great. Miles Sanders is a great running back. Uh, I should say good running back. He's not great yet. Uh, he's had a rough season, but he has a talent to to do something in this game. And, uh, again, it's going to be in the frozen tundra in Green Bay. We'll see how that transpires, but I, I don't think it's going to be much of a game. I think the Packers are going to dominate it.
This Sunday night game is the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by almost two touchdowns, 13 and a half points. And normally I wouldn't do this with a divisional game, but with how bad Denver's been playing, and I'd obviously throw last week out the window. You don't have a quarterback, so I, don't, I didn't expect them to play good. But, uh, and, you know, Denver played the Chiefs pretty well at Denver, but this is in Kansas City. And the way the Chiefs are clicking right now, I, I can't. I got to take the Chiefs and give up the 13.5. The over under is 48.5. So, how bad of a blowout do I think this is going to be? I'm taking the under on this. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I, I think the Chiefs kind of dominate this one from front to finish. And uh, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. It's not a great matchup, but it doesn't matter. You're not benching Patrick Mahomes for any reason. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire plays, you're starting him. He has a great matchup. If he doesn't, you're starting Le'Veon Bell. He has a great matchup. So that's how uh, you distinguish between the two. Now, if Clyde does play, you're probably going to bench Le'Veon Bell. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, both really bad matchups, but... I mean, the way the Chiefs are clicking, uh, you're not ever benching these two guys. They're the number, they're the top at their positions. Uh, you know, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, all three of them, top of their positions. You're not uh, even thinking about benching them ever. Broncos, Melvin Gordon, I like him as a play here. Even if Philip Lindsay plays, I think the Broncos are going to get more yards receiving the ball than they are rushing because uh, they'll be playing from behind. But Melvin Gordon can do both, and so can Phil Lindsay. But I, I think Melvin Gordon's going to get the bulk of the targets, so he's a start. And then Noah Fant is also a start. I mean, they completed one pass last week without a quarterback, and it was to Noah Fant. So he's a good play here. Chiefs don't defend the tight end very well. And then I'm sitting Drew Locke. Uh, I know he had a week off to kind of think about it and get his mind right, but I, it's not a good matchup for him. He's on your bench. And then Jerry Judy's kind of hurt and shaken up, and he hasn't been effective. So he's on my bench. I don't trust him at this point. And not, I don't, not, uh, I do, I do not not trust him in like a bad way. It's just that, uh, with that injury, even if he tries to play, I think he'll try to play through it to help his team. And that might not be the best thing for Jerry Judy right now. Tim Patrick, it's, uh, uh, he's on my bench. I, I don't like any of the Broncos receivers in this one. Uh, but, you know, Chiefs, obviously you notice I didn't put anyone on the bench. That's because I'm playing basically everybody. I think maybe the only person I would not probably play and put on my bench would be McCall Hardman. So if you have McCall Hardman, I wouldn't be playing him in this game. And you can safely leave him on your bench. But McCall Hardman is probably available in a lot of leagues as a as a waiver pickup at this point. Uh, so yeah, this is a this is going to be uh, a game that I think the the Chiefs dominate, and the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL right now. This first Monday night game, it's going to be the early Monday night game. It's the Washington Football Team at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's crazy because I felt like I just watched the Pittsburgh Steelers play, and here they are uh, playing basically feels like the same week almost that doesn't happen very often the Steelers are favored by eight and a half points 
I don't like that. I mean, they're at home. Washington's not a great team, but they do play good defense. And I'm just not seeing that. I think the Steelers are going to be tired. They have a lot of injuries right now. Uh, I'm taking Washington to uh, not necessarily win the game. I don't. Th- I th- I think the Steelers win the game, but I think Washington keeps it close. So give me Washington. The over under is 44.5. I'm taking the over on that. That's really like 22 points each. Um, as much as I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, I, I think it's a little bit above that over-under. So uh, starting Antonio Gibson, it's not a good matchup for him, but, I mean, the way he's been dominating the league the last couple weeks, I'm I'm not putting him on the bench. You can play him. Terry McLaurin, however, does have a really good matchup. You can play him. I think he can have a really good game against the Steelers. I think that's where they actually get their points and their touchdowns. So play Terry McLaurin. And then basically everyone else you could bench. Alex Smith, I mean, Steelers are really good against the quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. So Smith can be on the bench. J.D. McKissick, I, I think it's going to be Antonio Gibson getting the volume. And uh, both the, the Sims brothers, Steven and Cam Sims, they could both be on your bench. I, I don't think they'll have effective games. And Logan Thomas, the tight end. Steelers are the best in the NFL defending the tight end. Logan Thomas... You know he's he's not a big enough or star a big enough of a star to uh, make a difference in this game. So he's on your bench. Steelers Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron. I am starting. Eric Ebron actually has a pretty okay matchup. Not the best, but decent enough to start. Chase Claypool. I put him in there because they're going to spread the ball around. That's what the Steelers have been doing instead of running the ball. And Redskins don't have enough deep, uh, cornerbacks or defensive backs to cover that spread formation. So I think that's where Chase Claypool is going to have a good game. I think they're going to focus on Deontay Johnson and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. So it's going to open up for Chase Claypool a little bit in this game. Uh, but having said that, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson are on the bench. I think they're bottled up. Benny Snell, it's great. He's going to be starting this week. I don't think James Conner comes back. But uh, Benny Snell won't have a good game. The Washington football team does a great job at bottling up the running backs, so they could be on. He could be on your bench, and Ben Roethlisberger's on your bench. This is a game where I I don't think Big Ben. Uh, I mean, he's been struggling lately. I think that continues in this one. So there you have it. Uh, it's great having double header of Monday Night Football games. I think they should do that all year. It's a lot of fun, but this first one's going to really make you uh, excited about the next game because I, I just don't think it's going to be an exciting game. Washington and the Steelers was just the appetizer, and uh, this is going to be the more exciting game. This is the Buffalo Bills at the San Francisco 49ers. Bills going all the way from the east to the west. Bills are favored by two and a half points, and I don't see it. I mean, I know 49ers have a lot of injuries, but I'm taking the Niners. I don't like the Bills going all the way, like two time zones, three time zones, actually, and, and trying to win this game. Uh, I, I Can they win this game? Sure. But uh, I think the Niners pull off the upset in this one. The over-under is 48. I'm taking the under. It's been kind of a theme. I have a lot of unders this week. I think a, a lot of the... The uh, 
the score points are um, the score points, the over-unders that they generated are just a little high. And I, I get that it's based off of gambling action, but a lot of people are going for the overs in these games, and I just don't see it this week. Having said that, starting Josh Allen, and he doesn't have a good matchup in this one, but you're not benching Josh Allen, so stop it. Stop it. You're not benching him. Cole Beasley, I am starting as well. I think Cole Beasley can have a really good game. John Brown's hurt. That's when Cole Beasley does his thing, and he will in this one. He's actually the only weapon that I like for the Bills. Outside of, I have Josh Allen and Cole Beasley, so maybe they'll be connecting a lot, but uh, yeah, I I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and they're really going to, the 49ers are really going to bottle up the run. So Devin Singletary is a bench. Zach Moss is a bench. Gabriel Davis is a bench. Stephon Diggs is a bench. And I'm not condoning benching Stephon Diggs. I just think that uh, you have you need to have the expectation that he might not produce at the level that you're used to. So we'll see. But uh, this is going to be kind of a wonky game for the Bills. And, of course, Dawson Knox, he can be on your bench because, you know, he caught a touchdown last week, but uh, he, he's not fantasy relevant. For the 49ers, Jordan Reed. Love Jordan Reed this week. I think he's one of the top tight end plays. Bills give up a lot of points to the the tight end. So if he's on waivers, pick him up. If you need to play somebody, play Jordan Reed. He's the guy. Now, he has, you know, he's banged up. Wasn't sure if he was going to play last week, and he he ended up playing. Well, he's still a little banged up. So just make sure he plays. But if he does, he's he's one of the top starts. Uh, Nick Mullins, uh, you start him against the Bills. Bills give up a lot of points to the quarterback, and... Uh, Nick Mullins is the quarterback, so uh, play him. Raheem Mostert, uh, you can start him as well if he plays. Uh, I wouldn't be playing any of his backups if he doesn't play. I wouldn't be playing uh, McKinnon or Wilson or, uh, well, that's really it. But anyways, uh, I would play Raheem Mostert. I think he can have a good game in this one. And then Debo Samuel, for the reasons that we already talked about, he just does so many things well. I mean, Throw the ball to him. Hand the ball off to him. Uh, do whatever you want. Debo Samuel's is he's built like a running back, and he's he's a he's a he's a tough receiver, and he can do a lot of things. So you're starting him in this matchup. Brandon Ayuk, Rostwelly, bench guys, and uh, hopefully Ayuk's off the COVID list. But I don't expect that uh, he's going to have much of an impact in this game. But uh, yeah, out of the Monday night games, this is the one I want to be watching. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the 49ers can pull off this upset on Monday night. So, get ready. This one will be pretty quick to preview. It's the Tuesday night game. And yes, you heard me. The Tuesday night game. There's going to be a game on Tuesday. The Ravens were able to uh, finagle the NFL to get an extra day of rest than everybody else to... Uh, for their own outbreak. But that's another story. The Everything's off the board. The over-under, the point spread, it's all off the board. I am going to pick the Ravens to win this game, so we'll count that as the spread of just the pick em, uh, which it doesn't take a, a genius to say that the Ravens will beat these uh, really horrible Dallas Cowboy football team. Um 
but uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I'm starting Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson, if he's off COVID, which I believe he will be, he'll have a, a an amazing game against the Cowboys. Kind of get right. Uh, rushing, passing, it won't matter. Uh, so he needs to be started in all formats. J.K. Dobbins, I think, just has a huge game. You really need to be playing J.K. Dobbins in this one. This is the breakout game. Well, not the breakout game, but this is the game that you thought he was going to have against the Steelers before he got COVID. He will have a big game here against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, those two receivers can be started. The Cowboys can't cover anybody. Um, more Willie Sneed than Hollywood Brown. Lamar Jackson just can't throw it outside the numbers as much as he tries. So I like Willie Sneed a little bit better because it's uh, he works across the middle a little bit more. And then uh, Mark Andrews, I mean, he's supposed to be back as well. So you can start him. I think he'd be one of the top plays of the week, actually. And uh, that's really about it for the, the uh, Ravens. I'm, Mark Ingram, you're sitting. I don't think you can play him. But other than that, that's... That's about it. I'd be starting everyone else on this offense. Um, Gus Edwards, sorry, I'd be benching him too. I know he was a big pickup last week for the Steeler game. Uh, starting for the Cowboys, uh, C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. That's really it. C.D. Lamb because he works the you know from the slot position. Dalton Schultz because the Ravens can't cover the tight end very well. And actually, Ebron would have had a pretty big game against them if he can catch the ball. So, uh, everyone else is a sit, though. Andy Dalton, not a good matchup. Ezekiel Elliott, I know what you're thinking. You don't bench Ezekiel Elliott, but in here, I think I might. I, I don't like this matchup for him. I was disappointed by the Thanksgiving game, so I don't expect this game to be any different. Amari Cooper, this is a game he disappears. He has some really good uh, players like in Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters that will be covering him. And then Michael Gallup, of course. Michael Gallup is a good receiver that just doesn't have enough room for any targets. So he's on your bench. So, uh, But it'll be fun to see a Tuesday night game. It'll be like uh, watching Mac football. Uh, and uh, the way the Dallas Cowboys have been playing, they're playing like a Mac football team. So it's it's fitting. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be cool to watch football on Tuesday. And... Uh, Maybe during this COVID season, we'll be able to hit every single day of the week of, you know, of having a game. Um, that would be actually probably the first time in NFL history that a whole season happened where there was a game played on every single day. So let's root for it. All right, here's the part of the show that you're waiting for. Here's the part where we give you free money. Free money there, free money there, free money everywhere. And uh, we're going to give you our FanDuel lineup. DraftKings, it works almost the same. Sometimes it's a little bit different based off of budget because uh, DraftKings has a little altered budget compared to FanDuel. Actually, I'll be honest, I, I like DraftKings' budget. It's a little more diverse, but it's neither here nor there. We're going to give you our lineup, and hopefully you'll plug this in and uh, come out on top. So the very first person is our quarterback. I'm putting in Taysom Hill. He's $7,700 at Atlanta. And, you know, the first matchup, he ran for two touchdowns and was pretty effective. And I'll be honest, I like Taysom Hill just because 
it's four points for quarterbacks throwing touchdowns. And Taysom Hill's like, why am I going to throw to them when I can just run for them? And that's an extra two points every time he gets in the end zone. So, And here's the thing is usually I have a connection where I have the quarterback lined up with like a tight end, running back, or wide receiver. And here I don't at all. And that's because I, uh, Taysom Hill doesn't like to share. He's like, I'm getting this touchdown myself. Get off of me. So uh, I, I like that matchup there. Uh, running back, Nick Chubb. He gives me a Chubb. $8,700. It's kind of expensive, but it's worth it. He's at Tennessee. And the reason why I like Nick Chubb is because he plays, he rushes for 100 yards. And I don't like to predict touchdowns. I like to predict uses and yardage. And you're kind of it's kind of a crapshoot with Cream Hunt as we did last week, so I saved the extra cash and I I made sure that uh, I had enough room for for Nick Chubb to uh, be in my lineup, and I th- think he's going to really excel against Tennessee. It's going to be Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry back and forth. Although I do think they throw in some passes. I think Tannehill has a really good game, so it's not just going to be those two. But it'd be great if it was. Because uh, my uh, next running back, it's kind of off the beaten path. I needed to save some money. Josh Jacobs, it's really going to depend on his health. Because if Josh Jacobs is out, I have Devontae Booker, $6,000 at the New York Jets. Uh, I, I feel like he Booker can have similar production to Jacobs, but for a hell of a lot cheaper. So I'm, I'm throwing Booker in there if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. And I feel like I'm getting a value there. I'm basically feeling like I'm getting Josh Jacobs but about $1,500, $1,600 cheaper. So I'm all about the discounts, baby, shopping at Walmart for the Devontae Booker. My first wide receiver is Cooper Cup, $6,600 at Arizona. And I just like that, uh, you know, he plays the slot a lot. Uh, I, I like him in that position against the Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, they give up some uh, some yards to that slot receiver, and I feel like they're going to bottle up Bobby Trees. So give me Cooper Cup. Uh, I, it's going to be one or the other getting uh, a, a big game against this Arizona defense. And again, I just feel like the Cardinals are a little more susceptible in the middle of the field. So give me that matchup all day long. My next wide receiver, I went and uh, he bombed for me last week, and I'm rolling with him again. I don't learn from my past mistakes, but really, uh, the way the game flowed, they just got annihilated. I'm talking about the Indianapolis Colts and Michael Pittman Jr. $5,600, he's at Houston. Houston gives up a lot of points to the wide receiver position, and I, I like the usage of Michael Pittman. I mean, I didn't like it last week, of course, but overall, I think he's the main receiver, and he's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the targets. And I think he's going to be scoring a lot. So, and at uh, fifty six hundred dollars, it's a little bit cheaper than last week. So I, I like that the uh, price value at the uh, how productive he can be at wide receiver. My next wide receiver is Adam Thielen, seventy eight hundred dollars. He's versus Jacksonville, which is pretty much one of the worst defenses against the pass and in, in the wide receiver position. Yeah, you could like Justin Jefferson, which I do, but I figure. It's been kind of a back and forth where it's like, it's Adam Thielen Day. Oh, no, now it's Justin Jefferson Day. Now it's Adam Thielen Day. Well, uh, Adam Thielen didn't play last week because he was on the COVID list. So now that he's off and he's back, I feel like they're going to go 
give him a bunch of targets in this game, and he's going to really excel. So I just like him a little bit better than Justin Jefferson, and it's mostly due to I think he just gets a few more targets. Tight end, I have the Green Bay Packers' Robert Tanyan. Philadelphia is horrible against the tight end. He's $5,900, really saving. I mean, Waller was $7,000, which I like him as well. Uh, but I'm saving $1,100. So I'll take Robert Tanyan in this matchup all day long. And I think he's going to do some great things in this game. So it's uh, it's I was elated to be saving that much money and, and feeling like I might get similar production. My flex play is Austin Eckler. He's $7,000 versus New England. I just like Austin Eckler. He's multifaceted. He can do it all, no matter what the game flow is. He can be productive and effective. And against New England, I feel like this is a good enough matchup that the volume that he gets is worth it. It's, you know, I had the $7,000 for him. I, I, I think Eckler is a top five running back this week. So give me all of the, give me all of Eck. And uh, then my defense is the Seattle Seahawks. It's versus the New York Giants, $4,700. The Giants are flying all the way to Seattle. Daniel Jones doesn't look like he's going to play. So it's going to be a lot of Colt McCoy. And if you saw Colt McCoy play last week, uh, it gives you a lot of confidence for what Seattle can do. So I'm taking that matchup all day long and plugging in Seattle. Like I'm, 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 they're like one of the top five most expensive defenses. But I don't mind spending up on the defense that's playing a backup quarterback like this to a team that's traveling across the uh, the country. So there you have it. That's the FanDuel lineup, and let's go win some money. Now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. Stars of the Week. Stars of the Week. This is the part of the show where we try to pick the top three players at each position, uh, fantasy football-wise, who, who we think is going to score the most points. Having said that, uh, let's get right into it. Number three at quarterback is Taysom Hill versus the Atlanta Falcons. They're at Atlanta, but uh, like I mentioned before, I think Taysom Hill's going to run the ball a lot and get a lot of rushing touchdowns, and those points count for more. They, they're six points. Passing touchdowns are four points. So give me Taysom Hill and those rushing touchdowns. I, I think they can add up, and if he can get another two touchdowns like he did against Atlanta, maybe throw for a touchdown, that's a – could be a, a pretty big day for Taysom Hill. So he's my number three. Number two is Ryan Tannehill versus Cleveland. Now, this will change if Janu Smith and A.J. Brown don't play, but I'm counting on them playing, and if they do, you know, they're going to be focused on Derrick Henry, and that's going to really open things up for Ryan Tannehill. So I think he can get some rushing touchdowns. I think he can get some passing touchdowns. Uh, I think he's going to be giving out touchdowns to, to everybody in this game. So really like him in this matchup. And then my number one's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, it's not a great matchup against Denver, but I he's at home. So when that happens, I'm I'm picking Mahomes at homes. Um, running back number three, Dalvin Cook playing Jacksonville. I'm taking the chance that he's not as hurt as they say or that he's going to recover by Sunday where he'll be really effective this is a prime matchup so uh you know i picked him last week of course and he let me down 
I don't think he lets me down this week. I think he's at least a top three. So giving me number three, Dalvin Cook. Number two is J.K. Dobbins playing the Cowboys. I just really like J.K. Dobbins in this game. I think he's going to just annihilate the Cowboys' defense. And with Mark Ingram not getting very many carries anymore, I think Gus Edwards takes a back seat. It's going to be the J.K. Dobbins show. And you're going to see an effective Lamar Jackson in this game. So that's just going to help J.K. Dobbins out even more. Number one is Nick Chubb at Tennessee. I was going to go Derrick Henry here because uh, it's Derrick Henry and it's past Thanksgiving. But that's the easy way out. I'm going with Nick Chubb at Tennessee. It's a, it's a great matchup for him. Nick Chubb is a great running back. I, I think he can do some pretty significant damage against his Tennessee defense. So he's my number one. I think he can get multiple touchdowns. So that's, let's see how that works out. Wide receiver number three is Cooper Cup at Arizona. Cardinals give up a lot of yards to the receivers. They give up a lot of yards to that slot receiver. And that's Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup's going to have a big day and uh, kind of silence everyone that's been doubting him because he's been kind of uh, he's been kind of stinky the last couple weeks, um, and uh, you know he hasn't been scoring touchdowns, so I think that plays a big role in it. But uh, not this game. He's going to have a really good game, and you're going to be happy that you played him, especially uh, during crunch time in the the fancy football playoffs or end of the regular season. Allen Robinson. Number two against Detroit. I mean, Detroit's just one of the worst teams at defending wide receivers. Allen Robinson, I think, is one of the best. The only way this doesn't happen is if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't hit him. So if he's, you know, with his accuracy, not able to hit Allen Robinson with his 30 targets he should be throwing at him, that will be the only thing stopping him. I really like Allen Robinson in this. And then my number one is Adam Thielen against Jacksonville. Kind of the same thing. Jacksonville's horrible defending the pass. Adam Thielen is going to be all rested up. He'll be getting off the COVID list and just uh, he'll dominate this matchup and this performance. He'll be Kirk Cousins' go-to guy. So he's my number one receiver. Tight end, it's uh, a little bit different. Jordan Reed versus Buffalo is my number three. I told you guys during the preview I really like that matchup, and I do. I think Jordan Reed's a top three tight end this week, so you should if you you know if he if he's on waivers or available somewhere, get him and play him. You'll be happy that you did. Number two, Mark Andrews versus Dallas. It's kind of the whole thing I said about Lamar Jackson. Uh, he'll be efficient. He'll be hitting Mark Andrews a lot, and Mark Andrews will be scoring some touchdowns. My number one, and he was my number one last week, but it's very rare that you get somebody that. Uh, faces a team that's 32nd against the tight end to be followed the next week by the team that's 32nd against the tight end. And that's Darren Waller. He was a huge dud against Atlanta. It defied logic. Didn't know what happened in that game. But now he gets to redeem himself against the worst team in the Jets. And I think it's a different story. So I'm banking on him. I think he's the number one tight end. Play him. And uh, these are, are going to be our stars of the week. We'll see how we do. So stay tuned. This concludes week 13 of the fantasy football season. 
This is the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. You can listen to us on all the podcast networks, uh, Podcast Addicts, Spotify, Google, Apple, all the big ones, and all the smaller ones, too. We're, uh, we're everywhere. So give us a rating, give us a like, give us a comment. Uh, we appreciate everything. And on top of that, you know, now that week 13's over, it felt like it went so fast. And especially compared to week 12, where week 12 was like a month. That's like the longest week we've ever had trying to talk about it uh, with all the delays and with COVID. And man, thir- uh, week 13 just flew right by. So if you're in the final week of your regular season trying to get a playoff spot, good luck to you. If you still have a couple or if you still have another week to go after this, still good luck to you. These are big weeks ahead. You need to win them. So hopefully you've been listening to our show and following some of our advice. And, uh, you know, uh, if you need it, have to ask any questions, you can hit me on Twitter, Ms. Montalban. It's M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. And uh, I definitely am pretty interactive. But uh, that concludes our show. So thanks for listening, and uh, let's enjoy the week, and good luck.